Lord, I, th I thank you for Andrew and I thank you for the opportunity he has been given to speak to us tonight. I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit will really come and rest on him now, that you will guide him in what to say, that it will be your words and not, not just his that um, he is speaking tonight, that you will really open up the hearts of those listening um, to us, that you'll bring your words into our hearts and that we can really connect to what is being said tonight and that we will have a chance to reflect uh, and afterwards um, on any challenges that are brought up. Amen. Amen. So tonight, as, as we said, we're talking about good news and looking at Romans 10, 8 to 15. Now, if you've got your pew Bible, if you've closed it, could you open it again? Or if you can't find it, could you find it now? Because it's on page 1137 in the Pew Bible. So it's Romans 10, 8 to 15. Do have a look at that, because uh, I'll refer to it as we go on. Now, first of all, I've got to ask you, have you got beautiful feet? Now, this is the weather when you do get people wearing sandals. And because my feet aren't very beautiful, I decided to wear shoes. But maybe you have got beautiful feet and has everyone ever said that to you? You know, I don't know. But Paul quotes the prophet Isaiah at the end of this passage, and he talks about beautiful feet. And Isaiah says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. But I don't think Isaiah here is literally saying, He's not really talking about how beautiful your feet are to look at. He's saying the person who's used their feet to walk, to make an effort to come to someone else and tell them good news is beautiful because of their message of peace, of salvation, and the fact that God is bringing about that good news. So tonight I want to talk about the good news is. So if you'd like to know more about that, I hope what I say is helpful. And I also want to look about how those of us who know the good news already and have responded to God can have others say, oh, how beautiful, what beautiful feet you've got, what a beautiful person you are, bringing me that message of good news. So in this first letter to the Romans, Paul explains how Moses wrote about the message of the good news from God to us in Deuteronomy 30 in the Old Testament. So he quotes from Moses from all those years ago. And Paul says, what, what does it, what, in other words, what does Moses say? And Moses says, the word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. The word is near you, it's in your mouth and your heart. And there are many of us sitting here tonight with a multitude of worldviews tonight that today, that might give up on trying to make sense of their everyday life, their everyday reality. In a way, it, it's all a bit of a mystery to us. A colleague of mine who I used to work with, I used to have great discussions with her. And often it would start with me asking her questions, a good tip, ask people questions. And she took the view that as life is so complex, so mysterious, um, I'll just say, she said, I don't understand it. Scientists seem to be working on it, and they'll explain it eventually. And they have explained a lot of it already. So she said, oh, I'll leave it to the scientists. That's it. 
And this view um, sees no place for God, nothing beyond what we see every day in the material around us. So it sees us human beings sitting here as a, a random collection of atoms, along with the world, the universe, or universes. It sees us living and dying, and when we die, we no longer exist. That is the end, finito, finished. We no longer exist at death. We're gone, full stop. That, that's her view. But others of, us, others of us might want to ask questions about that view. They might want to say, hold on. I, I think there's more to life than can just be explained by science because part of our everyday life is concerned with things like love and beauty and generosity and helping others. There's more to life than bare facts without any emotion. Maybe there's a side to life that we can't grasp clearly. What about people who say they've seen ghosts? When I did a discussion in the pub on this, or is there more to life than this, a lot of people mentioned ghosts. Um, Or what about people who think there's more to life than us? Maybe there's an existence beyond death. What if there is a God of some kind? What about if God loves us? And wants us to be in his family. All these other things you can think about. And what Paul is saying here is that although life can seem mysterious, we can't see it clearly all the time. We might form various opinions about how to make sense of it. He recognizes it's mysterious, but he's saying the answer, the meaning of life and death, it's near to us. It's not far away. It's not actually a mystery. It's close to us. And I think that's pretty good news. It's not that difficult. It's close to us. He says, the word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. So the central answer to the meaning of life and death, the reality of life and death that we all face, is close to us in our mouth and our hearts if we're Christians. And I think that's good news. And Paul says, then, how will people know this good news unless we share it with them? He he gives that challenge out. Then he tells us what the message is. So if you look at verse 9, he says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, you might be thinking, if you're new to all this, you might be thinking, well, I don't necessarily understand that. It's still a bit of a mystery to me. So Paul helpfully explains it a bit further. He says, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So this message is close to us. It's near. So let's look at it in a bit more detail. And the first thing to think about is, what's your heart? What's your heart? So Paul and the people of his time saw the heart as a center of a person their mind, their character, their inner life, their will. That's your heart. And just like a physical heart, you can't see it inside the person, their mind, their character, their inner life, you can't really see that as well. But we all have one. We all have a heart. I think someone's trying to get through here. That's all right. And it's with our heart, our inner being, our mind, our will that we can choose to believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus was raised from the dead to rescue us from death. So another part of this 
this good news is that God loves us and wants us to be with him forever, like Jesus. And so he'll raise us from the dead like Jesus. And he gives us, of course, a taste of that eternal life now if we will follow him. So that's the heart. And let's just think about what Paul's asking us to do here from our heart. It's not very mysterious. I think it's quite clear. So first of all, he says, say and believe Jesus is Lord. Then he says, believe God raised him from the dead. Then he says, declare it with your mouth. Then he says, we'll be saved, justified. So let's look in a bit more detail about what that means. So say and believe Jesus is Lord. Now when Paul wrote those words uh, to the church in Rome, the Roman emperor was considered to be God. The Roman emperor was called by his loyal subjects, Lord. And if you live in North Korea today, in the same way Kim On-Yung, the supreme leader, is regarded and treated as God. So in Rome and in North Korea today and in other places, if you said someone else was Lord or God, you could get in very big trouble. You could be put in prison or you could be killed. But when we choose to say and believe Jesus is Lord, we mean much more than a supreme leader of a nation. We mean Jesus is Lord of all time and space. He was there before everything was created. He's the one with the Father and the Holy Spirit who came to live among us. And John, a close friend of Jesus, wrote these familiar words. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing that was was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So when Paul recommends us to say, say and believe Jesus is Lord, this is what he's thinking of. Paul saw Jesus and met him on that Damascus road, and he realized he was God. And remember, when he met Jesus on that journey to Damascus, Paul had been intent on killing and persecuting Christians, followers of Jesus. So when he met them, met Jesus, he had an incredible turnaround when he realized Jesus was Lord God. And we too can choose in our heart to have a major turnaround. So if you're talking to someone about becoming a Christian, I think that turnaround is really important to mention. Turn around to say and believe Jesus is Lord. Now, if you aren't sure about whether you think this evening that Jesus is Lord, then I would recommend a book called Case for Christ, which I've got here. It looks like that. We've just run a course on this, which is really good. And it outlines lots of evidence, lots of historical evidence, to demonstrate that Jesus is God. It's written by a man called Lee Strobel. And he was a bit like my colleague at work. He, he didn't believe in God at all. He thought we were a collection of atoms. When you die, that's it, finito, full stop. So when his wife became a Christian, he thought, I'm going to prove her wrong. And he's an investigative journalist, and he did it very thoroughly. So he thought of all the questions you can possibly think of to prove that God didn't exist, and then he looked into it. And for him, he, he fortunately had an open mind, and he realized that actually Jesus was Lord God, and he, uh, he became a Christian, and he wrote this book, which is very readable. Now, I have a special offer, 10 of these, to give to you later, all right? So if you're quick, you can get one before they all go. 
So that's the case for Christ. Now, the second thing Paul here says, that we need to believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Believe Jesus was raised from the dead. So basically, Paul's saying, this thing has happened in history. Something has happened in history. It's changed things forever. Things are never going to be the same again. And that's something that's changed everything. Is After Jesus has been crucified, been executed, God raised him from the dead, brought Jesus back to life. Now, that may sound incredible to you, and it did to the disciples at the time. They didn't believe it. They found it very hard to believe. But then Jesus appeared to them, up to 500 at one time, and also in in more one-to-one encounters, say when he cooked them a barbecue, which we're going to have after here, on a beach when he'd raised from the dead. So Jesus likes Barbies. So when you have the Barbie later, remember that. Jesus cooks a good barbecue. And again, if you want to read more evidence about all that, it's in that book, Case for Christ. So that's the second thing. Believe God raised him from the dead. And then the third thing Paul says, we're to declare this, this message that Jesus is Lord God and raised from the dead with our mouth. So he says we need to take that inner belief from our heart, hidden inside. He says we're to take those inner feelings and thoughts And the decision we've made to follow Jesus, realizing he's Lord God, we're to show what's inside us to others, not only in our actions, but also by speaking about what we believe. So yes, obviously you can show that by your actions, by your your love for others, your care for others, but also by speaking about what we believe. Now you might be sitting here worried about what others might think about you if you do that. If you say you follow Jesus, if you say you believe he's risen from the dead, he's Lord God. But the fact that you or I might be a bit worried about what others might think of us if we say we're a Christian, I think that's one of the reasons Paul tells us to do it. That's one of the reasons he does it. He wants us to say we follow Jesus and believe he's Lord And because we have to really mean it if we tell someone what lies hidden inside our heart. And strangely, as we tell someone else, I'm sure many of you in this room can back me up on this, it makes our faith in Jesus more real too. And the more you do it, the more you actually, your faith increases. So not only has telling someone the opportunity for encouraging, uh, the, the possibility of encouraging that person to follow Jesus, but it helps increase our commitment too to follow Jesus. So if you want to grow in your faith, tell other people about your faith. And I remember Matt Baker in a, in a talk here uh, said that, you know, get it done quickly. So if you, if you go to wherever you go, school or work or a new friend or whatever, tell them quickly that you follow Jesus early on in the relationship because otherwise you'll keep putting it off, keep putting it off, keep putting it off. And you won't say anything, you get harder and harder. And I think that's really good advice. So that's telling someone. And then Paul, fourthly, says, we'll be saved, we'll be justified. He says, you'll be saved or justified. So he says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Then he says in verse 10, the next verse, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. So if we believe in Jesus as Lord God, 
as raised by God the Father from the dead, then we are saved, justified. But what does that mean? What are we saved from? Now, there are, there are loads of ways of trying to explain this in the Bible. It comes at, Different people write it in slightly different ways in the Bible. Um, and there are a couple of apps that I think are useful that you can download that take slightly different approaches. Apps, if you don't know, I think most of you do know what an app is. You download it on your phone or whatever, or you can look at the website. And the first one is this one, the Share Your Faith app and website. And this, this approach, you can see the picture. You've probably seen that picture before or similar. Um, it emphasizes that God loves us. He wants a relationship with us. We've chosen our way. We've ignored God's ways of love. So sin separates us from God. And you can see the separation in the middle there in the diagram. And, and death is the result if we just stay in that position. We fall off into that chasm, so to speak. No matter how hard we try to do good things, we're never going to be as good as God. And we all sin and fall short of God's loving standards. So without God's help, we all die. So God came to live among us in Jesus, who took our death on the cross, paid for the price of sin, creating that bridge of the cross between us and God. So we can experience that love, that hope, that peace, that trust, that friendship, that future with God if we receive Jesus Christ as Lord. All we have to do is receive Christ, or as Paul says here, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, there's another one we had on the church weekend. If some of you... Who was at the church weekend? Just checking, you're still awake. Brilliant, good. You're still alive. Fantastic. Um, and this, this is called Two Ways to Live. And there's an app and a website. It puts it in a slightly different way, but basically it's the same message. In the beginning, you've got God the Creator. Humanity under his authority. Humanity rebels tries to do things their own way. God judges and will judge humanity for that rebellion. Then in his love, God sends Jesus to die as an atoning sacrifice. In his power, God raises Jesus to life as ruler and judge. And this presents us with a two-choice situation. We could either repent and believe or not. So the challenge is to repent and believe. To turn around, that's what repent means, and believe. And as Paul says... If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, these apps, I think, are useful, even if we never use them with someone to help them, because they can help us to remind ourselves and have a clear idea of what the good news is and how we can explain it to someone else. So even if we never use it with someone else, if we look at it, it will help us. They remind us of what the good news is. Another way is to remember a Bible verse to help you remember the essence of what the good news is. And I keep plugging away at this verse, so I'm going to try and get you to remember it. So what we're going to do is say it together, and then I'm going to switch the screen off, or they're going to helpfully switch the screen off. I should have put a blank in, so I've made a mistake here. But let's say this together. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is there a way of... You see, they can do anything on that desk. Right, now I want you to say it again. If you declare with your mouth, and believe 
God raised him from the you will you see you've got it you've got it so you're ready you can go out now you don't need any more just go out and tell someone that but it helps you remember so well done everybody for remembering I'm not very good at this and there are a couple of other verses that are my favourites apart from this passage if you want to know what they are ask me afterwards and you can take one of those books as well so we need to know what the good news is if we're to try and help our friends and recent research says Lots of people become Christians through you and your friends. You've got a unique set of friends, and only you are going to actually bring them to faith. So you need to tell them. That's the challenge Paul gives to us. And a useful, quick way at the end now to to talk about how you do this on a daily basis. And if you look at the uh, uh, sports chaplaincy approach, it's very much this. I didn't realize I thought this before them, and they probably thought it before me. But I think it's a really simple approach to having an adventure with God each day, all right? So, this is it. Look at God, what's, what God is doing and join him in it every day as we go on our adventure through the day with God. So basically, do you want a life adventure with God each day? Well, if you do, do this every day. It's great. So first of all, pray. Listen to what God might be saying to you through his Holy Spirit. Pray for your day as you start it and as you go through it and thank God at the end of the day for what he's done. Be prepared and willing to act. That word willing, I think, is so important. Just be willing. You don't have to get... If you don't know, say, I don't know if they ask you something. Just be willing. Be willing. Give help to others in practical ways, obviously. Show love for your neighbour. But also, if it comes up in a natural way, which it often does if you've prayed, give an explanation to someone when the opportunity presents itself. You can tell them what, how you became a Christian or whatever suits. Know what the good news is, which I hope I may have helped you with tonight. We've got that verse. There are other verses you can use or a couple of apps you can look at to remind you. And then let's just say it together finally. So it isn't up there, is it? Don't, don't put it up, team. We'll see if people can remember. So that verse, let's say it together. Romans 10, 9. If you... De- he's cheating, I can see him. <laughs> he does his Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you're equipped now for the week ahead, aren't you? You've got that verse. So and Paul finally challenges us. How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How, how can they believe if we don't tell them? They've got no chance. So Paul encourages us to tell others by our words and the way we live our lives the good news of what God has done in his great love for us through Jesus. God loves us. God wants us to be in his family. He wants us to turn around and turn back to him. And if you want a copy of The Case of Christ, do come and see me afterwards. Amen.